It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I am John Ledyard, your host from FanRagSports.com. And Trevor Sycamore unable to join me for today's episode. But have no fear, ladies and gentlemen. Benjamin Albright is here to talk NFL draft and quarterbacks situations around the NFL. Ben, obviously talking Denver, a lot of Denver Broncos over, out there in Denver, covering them on AM 1340 and 104.7 FM uh, in Denver. But Ben, we're glad to have you on the show today because we've got a lot of takes on quarterbacks and few people have uncovered and talked about and broken as much news related to quarterbacks, whether it's NFL situations or college NFL draft situations as you have in the last couple of months. So we were really excited to get you on the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, buddy. I'm glad to be, glad to be chatting with you because I've been wanting to pick your brain on so many of these different quarterback situations. And we'll start with the Broncos because I think we have to to get to the the draft prospects and where these guys go in the draft. We kind of have to start with where what the situations are like in the NFL right now. And and you look at the Denver Broncos quarterback situation; it's just kind of a mess. I mean, Trevor Simeon's not played well. Paxton Lynch has been hurt, and now he works his way back into action. And, and, and Brock Osweiler, you know, and not everything was terrible last night, the other night against. Uh, New England, but at the same time, you know, he's clearly not the answer of the future. Is Paxton Lynch the answer for the future? So, two part question What have you seen from Paxton Lynch that may or may not give you hope for him being the guy for the future in Denver? And do you think this has the potential to be a team in the market for a quarterback in the offseason, either in free agency or in the draft? Well, let's answer your second question first. Yes, they will be in the market for a quarterback mm-hmm. either way, um, whether that's a veteran backup uh, or whether that's a veteran starter or whether that's um, you know it's something to that extent. They will definitely be in the market for a quarterback. Um, you know, Brock Osweiler will be gone. Um, he'll have a few suitors this offseason, but he'll be gone. Uh, and Trevor Simeon, who's been demoted to third string, I mean, the book on him is out now and everybody knows what he can't do. He's, you know, he's nothing more than a spot start guy in the league. So, um, <clears throat> Paxton Lynch, you know, he, he's got the size, he's got the tools, um, you know, he's got the big arm and all that kind of stuff. He, he just needs to put it all together. Um, and I, I think a lot of people have forgotten that when he was drafted, you know, he was a guy that was projected to be a two to three year project. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me how many people are throwing that bust label on him after two starts. And it's only been, you know, a year and a half. So, I would caution people to have a little more, um, you know, a little more patience. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get a shot this year, probably around week 12. They'll look kind of see what they have with him. And then he'll get another shot to, to give it a run uh, uh, next year, whether that's against a draft pick or against a veteran or both. Um, but he'll, he'll get another shot next year as well. Yeah, the Broncos situation I think is so unique. But the, one of the more unique situations is Buffalo's right now because – I don't think a lot of people are expecting Tyrod Taylor to get benched, probably because he isn't really the reason why they've been slumping as of late. But at the same time, you know, you look at Tyrod Taylor, he hasn't played great. I can get wanting to move on from him, but I don't know that they have a better plan in place. Do you think Nate Peterman can be that guy, or is this a team that could be in the market for a quarterback next offseason? Well, I think much like uh, Denver, Buffalo's going to try the guy out, see what he's got, but also be in the market. Tyrod Taylor was never coming back next year. The, this regime didn't want him to begin with. They they just kind of kept him on for continuity and until they could get their guy ready. Um, you know, the thing about Tyrod, and I see 
he has a, a rather large fan base, I guess, on Twitter. But, you know, the reality of Tyrod is a lot um, less than the fan club on Twitter. It kind of makes it seem, yeah, the Bills have had problems stopping the run last couple of games. But uh, when your offense leads the league in three and outs, it's it's pretty tough to, um, you know, to, to field a fresh defense to stop the run in the second half. So, there's there's more to it than you know than just uh, than just that. I think people who have their blinders on and want Tyrod to succeed because everybody's pulling for a nice guy. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you need to look objectively at it. So yeah, Buffalo will be in the market. Tyrod uh, hits a roster bonus, I believe six million due on day three of the the coming league years. No way the Bills are going to pay that. So um, they'll try to trade him, um, and if that doesn't work, then they'll cut him. It's interesting with Tyra because I really, I completely agree with you. I think that everyone kind of wants to believe that that the amount of people saying today, you know, even just like, what if Tyrod was on Denver? What if Tyrod was on Jacksonville? Like, like he's the savior guy. Just, I, I never seen that when I watch him. Like, I have never seen him play to that level, even though I think he can be, you know, there's certainly a case to be made that he could be a starter in the NFL for sure. Uh, But I've never seen him be that type of a player. Having said that, I'm sure there would have been some market for him. Do any idea why Buffalo, if they're planning to move on from him, if he's never their guy, um, you know, why why not try and trade him at the deadline? Or do you think that they did and they didn't have a buyer? What was the situation there? Well, they didn't have a buyer at their price tag. You know, people were calling Buffalo. They were more interested in those backup offensive tackles, uh, Central Henderson and, uh, and and Dawkins and and Mills, uh, than they were in the in the quarterback situation there. So uh, it wasn't worth it for them to do it. Plus, you know, when you do an in season trade, you actually usually get less back right. uh, than you would out of season, and that's because there's a there's a you know a, a guy adjusting to the new team factor, I guess, that, that drives down the price mm-hmm. mid season. So if you hang on to a guy and you trade him out of season, you tend to get more for him. So Buffalo will try that. They'll see what they do. And if they're not going to get back what they want, they'll just cut him. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting quarterback situations to talk about, I think, this offseason. And uh, one of them is going to be Washington. What happens with Kirk Cousins? A couple tags. They're obviously paying him a lot of money without locking him up long term. You know, there's a lot of talk that he's going to be out there, going to be available, whether it's trade, whatever the situation might be for Kirk Cousins this offseason. Do you expect Washington to let him become available in some form or another? And do you think there will be a long list of teams lining up for his services? Um, I expect him to leave. Uh, and yes, I expect there to be more than one team lining up for him. Um, you know, uh, one of the <clears throat> the strongest rumors is, uh, you know, a connection bringing, bringing him back here or bringing him here, excuse me, to Denver. Um, you know, his agent, Mike McCartney, is the son of Bill McCartney, who was the Colorado Buffs coach for a long time. Mike lives here in Denver, uh, has a good working relationship with John Elway. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the idea is is that that could end up, you know, wind up bringing him here to Denver, um, you know, a team that's in desperate need of competent quarterback play. Um, whether or not that ultimately happens, I don't know. But, you know, there will be several teams in the market for Kirk, and he'll be, um, you know, he'll be a very attractive free agent. Um as far as what the Redskins do, you know, my, my opinion and based on uh, talking to a few people, what I think will happen is they'll let Kirk walk and then they'll go after a veteran, probably like Alex Smith, and then draft a guy, maybe a Baker Mayfield, uh, and pair them up together and let the, you know, let the veteran kind of be the stopgap there. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call 
and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, that gives us some good framework for talking about these prospects, kind of knowing with some of those teams, obviously there's still others, you know, with the Giants that could have be in a quarterback situation and the Steelers could be trying to trade up at that point, depending on what happens with Ben Roethlisberger. And there just could be a number of different situations playing out around the league, Arizona, even potentially even, I guess, the Saints. I mean, you have a lot of teams in that transition mode with quarterbacks where their guys might be quality now, but they're aging and they're trying to look for the future. And when does that happen? Do they go, you know, early, like, like Kansas City did this past season, trading up to try and get their guy for the future. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how all that develops. Now let's talk about the prospects. So you, you've put in some time. You've watched a lot of these guys. You've been kind of adamant for for a little while now. I followed you on Twitter and seen that you say that you really don't think the Josh Allen hype, like you don't think he's going to go quite as high as what we're hearing, you know, quote unquote, NFL, you know, NFL, um, you know, scout or whoever might be anonymous scout um, is saying that Josh Allen will go in this year's upcoming draft. Why or why not? And what have you seen from Josh Allen so far on tape that makes you like or dislike him? Well, you know, I think that the hype got started because, you know, he's a guy who comes out of the same quote-unquote system that gave you Carson Wentz, and everybody's looking for that next small school, big, big-armed guy with a little bit of mobility, um, to, you know, to be the next Carson Wentz, and, and Josh is not that. He's closer to Joe Flacco or Kyle Bowler than he is to, mm-hmm. um, than he is to Carson Wentz, and I, I think that's the thing. Um, you got a guy that doesn't necessarily elevate the, the guys around him, um, He's not a guy that has, has consistently put a team on his back and won. He struggles at the Mountain West level. You know, Carson Wentz dominated at the level he was at. Uh, Josh Allen is not doing that. And when he has to play bigger schools, he looks really lost. And you, you can say that there's, you know, a talent gap there, and I totally understand that. Um, I buy that argument a little bit. But great quarterbacks elevate the talent around them. And, and Josh really hasn't done that. And I like Josh. I think he's a nice guy. Um, you know, Wyoming is an hour and a half drive from where I live. Um, you know, we've been up there a couple times and talked to him. Um, you know, he's a real nice guy. It only takes one general manager to fall in love with you. But mm-hmm. at the same time, after canvassing, you know, some of these uh, guys around the league, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's who's uh, at least certainly not in the top half of the first round. Um, you know, maybe somebody in the back half of the first round falls falls in love with him. Maybe somebody trades up from the second, you know, to get that extra year. Um but I, I, you know, I don't know. Looking right now, I think it's going to be tough for him to uh, crack the first round. There's a lot of talent in this draft. Um, there are some good quarterbacks in this draft, although it's not as strong as maybe the last couple. But um, and that, and that even depends on whether or not Sam Darnold comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about Sam Darnold because that's an interesting situation. There's been a lot of inconsistent play from Sam Darnold this season, a lot of turnover-worthy play. But, man, he just seems to to rise up in big moments in a lot of games, uh, make a lot of plays. Um, he, he can manage a muddy pocket. Uh, he doesn't really seem to stack his mistakes. I, I've been impressed with some things from Sam Darnold. I just don't know that I would want to hang my hat on him as a first overall pick because he's got so much development to go. What's your opinion on not only what Sam Darnold may do in terms of his draft season, but what he should do moving forward? Well, I personally think he should go back to school. The refs aren't going to hurt him. Um, you know, he needs to clean up some of those turnovers and stuff like that. Everybody knows he's got the hit factor and all that other stuff. He's got to clean up those those turnovers and show that he's consistent. Um, and so I, I think that having him go back to school would be great. I know a lot of people, you know, that, that the layman doesn't understand that, you know, he's not really giving up millions to do that. Um, you know, going back to school, the school can purchase a loss of value insurance policy. Uh, and then, you know, Sam can, can go back and if he happens to be drafted in the top, 
you know, whatever, then he's he's still going to uh, collect his millions. If he doesn't, well, he's going to collect his millions off the insurance policy, plus where he gets drafted and still get a shot. So to be honest, if you're a, a rising junior or a rising senior, in a lot of cases, it's almost better financially to go back to school, mm. clean up the reps, and see where you go. Mm. Very interesting. In terms of what you've seen from Darnold, you mentioned the mechanics and some of the things that maybe he needs to clean up. Do you think, though, if he does come out and he does declare – do you expect him to be a top five pick and the team to just be okay with the fact that he might not be ready now? But again, that it factor, it seems like NFL teams obsessed with that quality, whatever that is, that, you know, ambiguous quality, uh, but it does seem like he possesses it. And do you think that if he were to come out, even with the issues in the, in the uneven play this season, that he would be a top five to 10 pick? Uh, yeah, I'd say he's a top 10 pick. Um, you know, you're going to find, uh, depending on who's drafting and what their needs are and everything else that, that, that may or may not, excuse me, be the first pick, but, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I would say that he's going to be a top five, top 10 pick when he comes out. Josh Rosen, another guy that's thrown into that discussion on even play this year for UCLA. You know, there, there's some people with decision-making concerns about him. I question, does he have the greatest arm in the world? I think it's a good arm. Is it a great arm, you know, in terms of being able to throw down the field with velocity and distance? Um, what kind of quarterback do you see Josh Rosen being? Do you see a team or, or maybe a system or being a great fit for him at the top of the draft? Do you think he's a guy that's going to be very dependent on situation? Or is this a guy with a sky-high ceiling that just needs to be out of UCLA to be able to recognize all that potential? Uh, well, you know, to be honest, if you look at his record outside of UCLA when he's, he's playing away games, it's, it's really bad. So it's his performance. <laughs> um, but, but, you know... He's a guy who has some some on field talent, you know. That's that's recognizable. But uh, when you when you really start to dissect his game, you know, I, I'm not sure where the limit or the ceiling is. Um, and there's a lot of off field that that comes with him as well. You know, teammates, coaches, uh, scouts saying he comes across as entitled and snotty, not a real team guy, doesn't want to work on his game much, not really coachable. You know, those kinds of things. And you know, when teammates are saying that privately, that's that's something you got to watch out for. Um, I think I think if you're looking for a system that fits him, I, I think going to maybe Adam Gase in Miami uh, would would probably be the best fit for him. Um, but but ultimately, I don't know that, that you know that that's something that would happen. Um, sure. You know, I think he's going to be taken in the first round. I just you know I I don't know um, whether he turns the guy he could be um, you know into the guy he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you know I don't know if those two players ever meet. Right. That's interesting. Very interesting take on Rosen there. I like that. Um, Mason Rudolph is kind of squeaky clean type of prospect in terms of, you know, he's got the personality and, you know, he's a great guy and he's a leader and, you know, he's a, he's a tape junkie and all that thing. That's all I've heard about Mason Rudolph so far. Uh, when I watch him on tape, though, you know, there's the, there's the Big 12 competition factor and the fact that he's obviously going to pile up a lot of things statistically. A lot of people say big arm. I don't know. Is, is it really the biggest arm? You know, a lot of people say, oh, he's so accurate down the field. I don't know that all the numbers bear that out, and I don't know that his performance on tape necessarily bears that out as good as his receivers make him look at times. Do you love Mason Rudolph? Where are you at with Mason Rudolph? Because I feel like some people think he could be the best quarterback in the class, and then you hear NFL scouts and people say he's a third, fourth-round guy. Where does Ben Albright fall on the Mason Rudolph scale? Yeah, he, he's not a guy. If I'm looking to draft a backup quarterback, which you should never be looking to do, um, <laughs> th- that's the guy I'm, I'm looking to draft. I, I don't. I'm not buying the Mason Rudolph stuff. 
Uh, he comes out of a system that, that made Zach Robinson and Brandon Wheaton look good. Um, you know, they, they, they do that system is really effective at the collegiate level. It gets receivers open space. And all you got to do is be a point guard and get the ball to them. Um, this whole like deep accuracy thing is skewed uh, in the numbers sense because there's a lot of deep completions. But then when you go back and look at the tape and you look how uh, a receiver's wide open down the field or uh, a receiver has to adjust to a ball, it's not necessarily, you know, completion percentage doesn't necessarily equal accuracy. So, um, you know, having, uh, <clears throat> having a lot of deep completions doesn't necessarily make you an accurate deep throw. Uh, just look at the LSU quarterbacks of the early 2000s. You know, there was a, a bunch of guys, uh, you know, Matt Mock, uh, Flynn, uh, a bunch of those guys that came through, had a bunch of deep completions that were, you know, uh, padded their numbers. But the reality is they were throwing to track star receivers in a, in a great system. And, you know, it kind of inflated them. And Jamarcus Russell was a big beneficiary of that. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Oklahoma State has a lot of talent receiver, but I certainly wouldn't be drafting Mason Rudolph to be my franchise quarterback. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are of like mind on the Mason Rudolph front, my friend. couple more for you. Baker Mayfield is all of a sudden just people piling on left and right on the Baker Mayfield brand. I mean, I felt like beginning of the year, everybody was talking about Darnold and Rosen and Rudolph and Allen and all these other guys, and now everybody's on the Baker Mayfield. I mean, I look every day, I'm like, Baker Mayfield, QB1, 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 everybody's saying it. I'm from the big guys you know, to the guys, you know, the little guys on Twitter and, you know, that don't have as big a platform, whatever. It just seems like everybody is jumping on the Baker Mayfield and bandwagon. But Mayfield played pretty freaking well last year. And so it's kind of funny to me that, like, everybody's like, oh, Baker Mayfield's awesome this year. He was pretty good last year, too. I think he has improved a little bit this year. Uh, I think he's playing at a really high level. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Where do you fall out with Baker Mayfield, and how high do you think the NFL will be on Baker Mayfield, given the fact that he doesn't fit the necessary, you know, the quote-unquote prototype of the position? Well, I think it's funny. About four months ago, I said that I thought Baker Mayfield was QB1 in this class to, just, <laughs> you know, excruciating laughter over the course of Twitter. Uh, you know, calling me an idiot and all this other stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I get that every year. It's, it yeah. is what it is. But um, <clears throat> no, I, I talked to two former general managers, um, one of whom is very respected for his, you know, for his scouting acumen. Both those guys said the same thing. Said, I, you know, I, I see a franchise guy here. You know, this reminds me of Drew Brees. Uh, you know, back when he was coming out at, uh, at Purdue. You know, you talk about the spread components, but seventy-five percent of what the NFL runs these days is a spread component. Uh, you, you can talk about the height factor, but we've seen guys like. And Russ come through that you know have less than ideal height that you know that still can succeed and uh, and then you get these you know these amateur scouts on the on the Twitter or whatever and they're sitting there telling you well you know how's he supposed to see over his offensive tackle so, you know when I played quarterback if you were looking over your offensive tackle you were either looking to completely to your left or behind you uh, after the snap uh, so I don't know why you would need to see over an offensive tackle but. Um, you know, if, if you've ever played the quarterback position, you know you're looking at the splits in between your, your linemen mm-hmm. anyway, not, sure. not over them. So uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Plus, you look at the line he's playing behind uh, here in Oklahoma, it might be one of the biggest lines in the NFL if it came out right now. Right. So uh, he's having no problem doing that at the collegiate level. Why would he have a problem doing it at the pros? Uh, same thing right. I said about Russ when he came out. Uh, you know, I said Russ, if he was four inches taller, would be the top pick in that draft. 
you know, I got laughed at it. It's like, you know, sure enough, he worked out. So <laughs> I, I think Baker has a chance to, be, <laughs> excuse me, to be the best quarterback in this draft. Um, you know, I, 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 I think he's what everyone wanted Manziel to be, mm-hmm. um, but Manziel never was. Manziel was, you know, was a guy who lined up in the shotgun and he would take two slow, deliberate steps backward, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of lob it up for for uh, Mike Evans or you know come out of the pocket and try to create uh, chaos in an effort to spring a receiver with extra time. And, you know, that just wasn't going to be successful. He was, he was better out of structure than in it. Baker Mayfield is better in structure than out of it, but he's also good outside of structure. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he can be a phenomenal quarterback in the NFL and find the right guy to, uh, to coach him. As long as you're not running a North Turner offense, you're, you're probably going to be pretty successful with it. Yeah, I was with you. I watched him over the summer. It was the first time I'd sat down and really studied him. You know, live viewing T come off, comes off as really fun, but when you're studying, Studying him, knowing that you know, obviously after this year he was going to be out out there in the draft class. You know, you you put a whole other feel to it, and you start focusing on the plays in context and seeing how many of those he makes. And yeah, I mean, I wrote over the summer. I was like, you you can argue Darnold and Rosen and you know and Allen have higher ceilings, but Baker's the most QB in terms of being the guy that's most ready to play in the NFL right now going into the year. You know, I'm with you. I, I said it was Baker Mayfield, and he and he's uh, looked great this season. Lamar Jackson's probably the most polarizing guy. There's the NFL report dropping almost weekly from one of the big scouts out there that says Lamar Jackson's some scout in the NFL saying Lamar Jackson's not a quarterback. He has to make up his mind if he's a quarterback or a wide receiver, yada, yada, yada. Then there's the people that think he's QB one. And the truth is it on one end of the extreme. Is it somewhere in between? Where do you see the truth falling on Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I I think, you know, like any good story, there's three sides to it. His, hers, and the truth. Um, I think uh, I wouldn't call Lamar Jackson QB one. I would say he's definitively a quarterback in the NFL. Sure. I'd certainly try him at that. Um, you know, and if not, we can always convert and receive later. What is what does the terminology matter up front? We try him somewhere, and if it doesn't work, we try him somewhere else. It's you know, terminology is nebulous, but. Um, I, I think, you know, I think he's quarterback. You got to be careful with quarterbacks coming out of a Bobby Petrino offense. So uh, they typically have not fared well in the NFL. Uh, the only successful one I can recall to date would be Jake Plummer. Um, you know, and that really, that, that was a while back. Um, a lot of quarterbacks that come out of that system tend not to do well. There's a lot of mesh concept stuff, a lot of stuff that springs receivers open. Not You don't really have to ever throw receivers open. You're not making the line calls. Those come from the sideline. Um, so, you know, those guys tend to be less prepared. I've made a few mistakes evaluating guys coming out of the Petrino offense before, whether it was, you know, like Tyler Wilson or, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that. Um, you know, just because they don't have it upstairs because, you know, Bobby Petrino, for whatever you think of him as a person, uh, as a coach, he's a meticulous human being and has every detail mapped out for his quarterbacks. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that, you know, guys get used to that, rely on that, and they don't. They don't necessarily uh, – you think that they're more than they are, I guess is the best way to put that. You, you, when you evaluate them, you think that they're more than they are. The reality is a lot of it's just great coaching. So, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I would be careful. I like Lamar Jackson. I think there's a viable prospect in there. Uh, I think he's a guy that if I were a general manager, I'd take in the back half of that first round to make sure I get that extra year on the mm-hmm. contract. Um, but I, I, he's not the guy I'm drafting in the top ten. Yeah. No, that's that's good context as it relates to Lamar Jackson. I agree with you. The truth, as always, somewhere in between. Last question for you, Ben. Just curious to hear your thoughts. You know, I, you know, you've seen a lot of these guys. I feel like every year when I follow you, you have somebody that you're talking about that nobody else is talking about that you don't think is getting enough love or that you think can work their way into you know the top quarterback conversation or at least being a guy that's a mid round steal or something like that. 
anybody like that in the quarterback class for you right now? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but anybody like that? I mean, oh, Ryan Finley, some people have talked about Will Greer if he comes out, uh, which I don't think he will, but Drew Locke, you know, there's, there's some names being thrown out there. Who do you have a guy like that so far in watching college football this season? Um, yeah, I would say maybe Riley Ferguson out of Memphis. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, as a guy you could look at like that, I think he's uh, – yeah, he's one of them, although I don't know that he's uh, he's ready to come out. Um, there's a kid at South Dakota. Um, you know, I know most people don't have access to much much tape at South Dakota. Uh, he's got a quick release and, and he's got a big arm and you know he's uh, he's got a lot of mobility to him. He said he's built about the right size, um, and I think that uh, excuse me, I think he could he could maybe become something. Um, you know, late day three guy that's, you know, it's maybe a, maybe a project type. Hmm. Uh, but other than that, there's, you know, it's, it's just littered with a bunch of guys that are just going to be bodies that'll be there for a year or two, get a cup of coffee in the league and head out. This isn't a real deep class. Yeah. Great insight as always from Ben. What's up with the Dakotas, man? The Dakotas are producing all this quarterback talent all of a sudden. It's got me thinking that we need to scout the Midwest a lot more. But uh, great stuff from Ben Albright. As always, you guys can follow Ben uh, on Twitter at Albright. Albright with two L's at Albright NFL. Make sure you give him a follow, man. Draft season, terrific stuff. NFL stuff, terrific. Always good commentary and quarterbacks and a ton of great insights recently from around the league, from scouts. This guy has always got his ear to the ground, always working things, trying to figure out, um, just staying connected and trying to figure out what NFL teams, what the thought process is, you know, what moves are coming. And you take a lot of grief on twitter my man probably more than like anybody ever seen but uh you're always out there on the grind and we appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your time oh no problem i probably probably bring 90 percent of it on myself anyway (laughs) (laughs) he is ben albright ladies and gentlemen yeah he is great stuff we'll have to have him on the show again as we gear into draft season trev and i will be about tomorrow we will talk more about uh, the nfl games coming up this weekend we'll go through the my bookie lines with you guys give you our takes on how the games will pan out and then of course back monday to wrap up a college football action and nfl action as well talk about how the rookies performed and we're on to next week and analyzing more and more college football more and more getting you ready for these nfl draft prospects as always, you keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.